0: You are listening to Natural Born Alchemist. Welcome to episode number 184 of the Natural Born Alchemists podcast. My name is Alex and I'll be your host. In November of last year, in 2017, I was officially invited to podcast the Altered Conference in Berlin.
1: It's a way to alter your perceptions about things and and look in a different direction and find new ways of behaving or find new ways of uh, changing your behavior or find new ways of looking at a situation what altered is about for me. is just finding a way to consciously change. Uh, so, if that's with psychedelics, if that's with body work, if that's with magic, if that's with sex, tarot, whatever, whatever it is, those are things that we want to explore. Altered is a pattern of consciousness explores. So, however it is that you explore consciousness, it's, we want to we want to be part of that. our main website is alteredconference.com and if you look up us look us up on facebook or instagram or twitter for we have a representation there as well
0: This episode is the fifth part in this little mini-series and in this one I'll be talking to astrologer and author Pietro Lisi. Pietro is both personally and professionally interested in the work and ideas of Carl Jung as well as Stanislav Grof. And the archetypal view on reality is his passion. In 2017, he published a book in the Czech language, which title in English would be Archetypal Astrology, The Development of Astropsychology from Jung to Grof. So thanks for being on the podcast.
2: Well, you're welcome. It's my pleasure.
0: So uh, talk a bit about your main field of interest.
2: Right. uh, My main field of interest is, uh, let's say, Jungian psychology and astrology. Actually, I should say Jungian astrology. And I've been involved in this field for some like 10 or 15 years. And um, I've studied uh, this uh, type of, let's say, psychological astrology uh, with uh, a very genius Czech teacher of mine for two years and then I did a lot of um, a lot of studies on my own reading books and um, I also attended a five year psychotherapy training in biosynthesis, which is sort of different field, but uh, I wanted to for the sake of my my own skills and uh, of my clients, I wanted to have also this uh, more profound base for well, working with difficult topics of, of my clients.
0: It seems to me that many people who work with astrology study astronomy, but astronomers, they never look at astrology.
2: That uh, is probably quite true. Well, the thing is that uh, in ancient times we didn't have uh, astronomy without astrology. These two branches were just one. And uh, in modern times, of course, the discipline that took credit was or is the astronomy, uh, while astrology is is considered to be... um, pseudo-science, let's say a nonsense by scientists yeah? and uh, to be a practicing astrologer you certainly need uh, some at least basic amount of astronomical uh, knowledge while being an being astronomist you, it's actually a descriptive discipline so for that you need for sure some other skills like but a mathematical probably geometrical but uh, you don't you don't need to know anything about astrology because astrology is basically um an art of interpretation of symbol symbolics, and um uh, astronomers do not believe in that Uh,
0: in astrology you have like the moon uh, Mercury, Venus, Mars Earth and then you have the moon which is like a moon to the earth but uh, you don't include the moons of the other planets like the moon shouldn't really be in the scheme since it's just a moon
2: yeah that's this is uh, actually a good question Uh, First of all, we must understand uh, one of the facts that is uh, most strange to the modern mind and modern science, which is the geocentrism of astrology. So we are not... Of course, today we do know the, the astronomical knowledge of how we know a lot about the celestial bodies, yeah. For example, about the moons of those planets that you mentioned, that are definitely not visible by physical eyes, but they are there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, somehow we need to admit that well basically the modern science uh, in astronomy, including, um, is based on sort of this, this embodiment or it's based on uh, situating ourself into the position of a god, let's say, or at least as someone who is looking uh, at our earth as if from a distance, as if from a different place. This is something that started with the heliocentric... uh, um, Well, the discovery of heliocentrism, uh, which is okay, but we, we need to basically understand that we as humans are creatures that are at home on this earth, and therefore uh, the understanding of the uh, more ancient cultures that there is certain system and certain uh, certain symbolical system and written into written into the celestial bodies which Basically, this the system does not care much about uh, our systematical description of, of modern astronomy. It does have uh, a language of on, of, it, of its own. And in a way, we can say, or it's quite striking, that it was sort of set up for us, right? What I mean is, for example, the moon of our Earth is... Let's say very close to this earth while the sun is very remote. But if you watch them on the sky, they are the same size for us. Which, you know, modern science says that would we'll just say that this, this is by accident, but that's that's just silly. And it, it, it's been designed like that uh, in a way for us to be able to perceive them the way as we do so well coming back to your original question it's true that we are doing astrology in sort of different way than the middle age people did or ancient people did and uh, it's also true that it's not it is no longer a closed system uh, as was the one they created. Because we, I mean, modern astronomers, discovered many smaller planets, many celestial bodies that could be included into the astrological readings. But. Um, So this is something. uh, uh, This is the topic that is uh, sort of not. We are not certain about this, right? Because what I can tell you, what everyone uses, everyone uses the ten planets, even though astronomers said that uh, Pluto is too small to to be considered a planet. From our perspective, what we call planets are the most important uh, astrological factors and Pluto remains that important as it was before before they said that it's too small as a planet but uh, it's an open question what more s- objects we could uh, include but we we would also need to study them carefully because before including them into the charts and also once you include a bigger number of bodies into the chart then it may lose its sense, you know. We don't want to o- overload actually our system. So yeah, it's, I could talk more on that but I guess this is enough to, to sort of comment on what,
0: what you said so Venus is c- connected to, to love and Mars is connected to the warrior uh, archetype uh, but way back there was must have been some person who decided that Venus is love and Mars is war and not the opposite or was it over many Hundreds of years they discovered that all oh, people who are more connected with their birth chart or whatever to Venus they seem more loving so it must be love with that planet. How do you think it evolved? Yeah, uh, well,
2: mm, definitely um, I believe or we know that there were uh, hundreds of years when astrologers sort of wrote down or studied uh, people or events um, being influenced by different principles like Venus or Mars as you mentioned but I believe that in the beginning then there must have been a sort of revelation Uh, I don't believe that astrology developed from centuries of um, careful watching uh, and just re- writing down of piece, let's say practical pieces of uh of astrological astro astrological astronomical uh, study of of reality i believe that in the beginning there must have been a sort of revelation uh to someone in a form of a complete system that's what i believe but we of course we do not have any um, any proof for that but what we have for example is the system of human design if you've heard about that which is like super complicated super complex combination of several Systems uh, of knowledge like astrology, I Ching, and and some more, and it's sort of new tool for human beings. As at least uh, the person who sort of described that, who who brought it into into reality, actually he he uh, he channeled that in a way it was a revela- it was revealed to him it, it was a revelation because the system is so complex that i cannot imagine anyone um, to create it in such a complexity with his or her usual everyday mind and and it's working somehow right it, it's very new we we know it only for a couple of years but i can say from my limited personal uh, experience that it's working and i suspect that some thousands of years ago western astrology was also revealed to some to someone in in the sense of this of these basics of th- as a complex system and since that time we are more or less holding on it because it was right it, it's, it's working
0: do you know anything about this 13th sign the serpent or the serpent holder and, and if you do could you talk about that yeah
2: well this, uh, for me, this does not make much sense to talk about that, because uh, these are... Uh, I don't know how to put it now. There are several topics that people who do not know about astrology uh, a single thing, or do not understand the, the systematics of astrology, they uh, keep repeating things uh, about like this 13th signs or um yeah it's it's just uh you just need to understand uh, how the system of the signs is um settled uh, set up it's it's dependent on time information on, on the cer- encircling of the sun and uh, the equinoxes. And um, um, I don't know now in English, uh, this summer and winter
0: uh, solstice. Solstice.
2: Yeah. Equinoxes and solstice. These are exact time points. Uh, which actually divide the zodiac uh, the s- the belt of the 12th signs into four segments right and these quarters are geometrically uh, like cut into three sections uh 30 degrees, 30 degrees, 30 degrees, yeah. And these sections are signs. And the signs are named after certain star... Um, stars, star um, signs, or... <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know actually at the moment how you say in English. I think you mean a constellation. Yeah, maybe constellation of stars yeah like great bear or great ladle or however it is called so for example sign of Pisces is named by a star constellation called Pisces but uh, even though it might sound strange there is no direct link between that uh, star constellation and the sign because three thousand years ago the sign or the star constellation of Pisces was located in the sign of Pisces but uh, due to some astronomical uh, dynamics today the sign of Pisces is actually located in uh, or sorry today the star constellation of Pisces is actually located in the sign of Aquarius so if an astronomer says today that uh, let's say Mars is traveling through Pisces an astrologer actually says that Mars is in Aquarius and as far as i know this talk on uh, on the 13th uh, sign is actually connected not with the system of the signs but the system of of those uh, star constellations so that's that's the first thing that actually to base base this on on the constellations is uh, completely wrong from 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 the logics of of astrological perspective, and then again, um, or apart from that, you know it's again the the twelfth twelve, 12 signs is a complex system. And. Um, it can be sort of maybe broken or reformed. Yeah, that can happen one day, I don't know. I And many systems evolve, many systems change. But I really, first of all, I must say that from my practical experience of an astrological consult, like a person who does astrological consultations, the system of twelve uh, signs—it's still working, right? And uh, and I really don't think that uh, that this thirteenth uh, uh, sign, uh, some people keep talking about, that it would make any sense. That there are good re- that it would be good reasons to you know sort of adding it somewhere. So that's that's what I can say on that topic.
0: Ever since the 60s, people have mentioned the age of Aquarius and uh, we're in it or it's coming soon, but it's quite far in the future, isn't it? Well, it's... Well, this is
2: much more interesting than the previous one, but still it's uh, it's a sort of... Tradition that so- partly belongs to the world of astrology, but the whole problem with the, the the age of Aquarius is that we do not have, as far as I know, and I'm not that much an expert on on that matter, we do not have any starting point from which we could like count those world ages. Yeah. It's all, the whole thing is based on the conception of the so called <clears throat> Plateau Platos year, which is supposed to to have Something about twenty-five thousand of years. So if uh, and so the twelve months of of this plateau year might be you know two thousand. Well, even the exact numbers we do not we do not we do not have the exact numbers, and these are large, really like two. Two millennia, sort of uh, long ages, and we we simply do not know where to start exactly. So, one of the systems that has some ra- rational base, you write that it would say that the age of Aquarius starts some at some point in the twenty twenty seconds, uh, uh twenty second century, yeah. But um I am actually very cautious about this topic. It's very interesting. I really like what for example Carl Jung wrote on the topic of the age of Pisces and but still it's fascinating, but we we don't have very good, you know, data on which we could base this. So it's much more like a tradition and, um, and nice stories to to be told. But, uh, to be fair, I I must say I we can say very few things that would be certain about this.
0: So what would you say? Maybe it's hard to to say, but. The zeitgeist we're living in right now—what what, what uh, Jungian archetype would it belong to, you think? Well,
2: I—it's hard to to put things that way, right? Because I don't think I could pick up one. Uh, what makes more sense to me is approach of Rick Tarnas, uh, who who is California based uh, uh, astrologist and and historical historic of hum of Western worldview, and he he is uh, observing the constellations of uh, the slow so-called transpersonal planets Uranus, Neptune, Pluto sometimes combined with Jupiter and Saturn and uh, so he's he's checking throughout history and also our era the main constellations of these slow planets and by identify, identifying them he, he actually we can see that the the most important constellations of these planets took place exactly in the historical periods that we consider to be sort some somewhat exceptional more important than the others so for example within the 20th century we I believe that the time of 1930s, 1960s and 1990s is these are really important times. Yeah. And we can we know that in 1960s for example, we had this uh, conjunction at the sky of Pluto and Uranus which is a very important uh, communion of of those two, two planets. And uh, in the 1990s we had a uh, conjunction of Uranus and Neptune, which again, the, the combination of these two archetypes uh, coloured and flavoured the age of 1990s profoundly. And uh, this can be you can, you can read this at some length uh, within the book Cosmos and Psyche written by Rick Tarnas. It's difficult to give a short account in, in such an interview. And in 1930s, we had uh, um, hard aspects between Uranus, Pluto and Saturn, which basically took on the form of the the big uh, economical crisis of that time and the consequences afterwards, we all know. And uh, the same combination of planets took place at around year 2010. So in a way, our time is dealing with similar topics Uh, as 1930s did it's not the same of course because the the world has changed profoundly since that time but uh, it's quite striking to see for example you know well that we also did have quite a big uh, economical crisis and uh, it's quite striking to see the uh, uprise of nationalism co- conservatism or let's say unhealthy conservatism and sort of sort of fascistic tendencies in world's politics and it's actually difficult in some cases you can try to explain that in terms of socio uh, geographical factors but, for example, in the case of my own country, Czech Republic, um, the economical uh, situation is quite well. And he, despite that, people in last elections voted for, let's say, f- anti-democratic parties. And um, so in this sense... The only reasonable explanation lies in the collective unconscious, and the atmosphere that that is there, and that is similar to 1930s, because otherwise, we we must fail in in trying to find uh, any any reason why this is taking place. So we we're living in very turbulent times. We don't know where it will lead, but as an astrologist, I can at least I can say, you know, we we can expect with certain time in advance what might might happen in in the times to come in sense of those yeah meeting of such such important transpersonal planets uh and uh in the decades to come we we will not have actually that important uh, constellation that we did in well in in the time between let's say two thousand eight two thousand fifteen and whose um echoes or consequences we are facing now so the world is changing we do not know what in what way it will change but our time is uh, is pretty turbulent yeah
0: do you live with uh, astrology and charts like in your daily private life i know i have a friend who doesn't travel when certain planets are moving in a certain way or things like that Uh,
2: for sure i am using my professional knowledge for for the sake of everyday life on the other hand uh, it's not good to let any uh, artificial system governing you so i am basically trying to work with my own impulses, uh, my own plans, my own ideas and i include my astrological knowledge to check them in the sense as you said that sometimes it doesn't seem to be a good idea to travel somewhere yeah but it's it's a good good servant, good tool to to check things but on the other hand if you are sort of connected uh, intuitively to yeah to some wider reality then to to the to the unconscious you do not necessarily need a system like astrology you can you can follow your own uh, intuitive knowledge but it's helpful yeah
0: Talk a bit about this book that you're working on that maybe has come out by the time this comes out, but uh, what it's called and, and what it's about. Yeah,
2: well, uh, the book you mentioned is the book uh, containing stories of people who went through spiritual emergencies and uh, it will contain also... My astrological mm, commentaries on uh, their birth charts, and especially on the transits to they, those charts at the main times of those spiritual emergencies. And uh, this book, I think its title, it, the title is still provisional. Yeah. Uh, and it was something like uh, Out of the Darkness Light or Out of the Darkness of the Soul Light or something like that but it may be be changed the the publishing house uh, that will produce it is called Holoc it's a Czech publishing house and, and, and the book will be published both in Czech and English so, yeah, that's basically about the book.
0: Well, thanks a lot for taking the time to talk to me. Uh,
2: you are welcome. It's it's always nice to, to find uh, such informed uh, interviewer.
0: Go to alteredconference.com to check it out in case you want to go yourself this year or next year or... If it's in the future, I don't know, if if you're listening to this in, in like 10 years from now, in the future somehow, maybe the Altered Conference is no more. I don't know. But uh, go to alteredconference.com and have a look. You are humbly invited to support this podcast. And by doing so, keeping it free from corporate influence. Do you want to listen to alchemists, magicians, shamans and psychonauts? Or do you want to listen to humans possessed by dark and
1: demonic forces that intends to lure you into their web of consumerism?
0: I'm sure you choose the former, so please support the podcast. Join us at the round table of the divine mystery as an intergalactic spirit warrior and ally to the glorious art of alchemy. Go to patreon.com forward slash naturalbornalchemist if you want to become a patron. And for only a couple of bucks a month, you will be able to access additional content, deleted episodes and other exclusive material as well, and be able to listen to episodes way before they are released. And if you don't want to do this, that's fine too. You are loved nonetheless. Thank you. Now we are going to listen to a song called 50 Years From Now from the album So It Goes by The Number Fox. You can check out more of their music at thenumberfox.bandcamp.com All the relevant links will be posted in the program notes on naturalbornalchemist.com Freedom is in the mind.